Welcome to the Leadership Mindset Podcast with me, Tony Brooks, where we look to revolutionize your leadership mindset by changing how you think and see your world, enabling you to do the right things and grow significantly as a leader. Welcome back to the Leadership Mindset Podcast Series, and I'm really pleased to have with me today Catherine Rogers. And Catherine, Catherine and I are in Nottingham today, but uh, as you'll detect in a moment, Catherine, <laughs> Catherine's actually originally from Newcastle and heading back there to live uh, in the future as well. Now, Catherine is an independent HR consultant. She works with small businesses to help them find the right solutions for their company and their people. And she certainly helped out uh, some of my clients over the years as well with those kind of problems. So welcome, Catherine. Good to have you with us. Thanks very much, Tony. Thanks for the invite and for such a lovely intro. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So, okay, let's get into it then, Catherine. Um, What trends are you seeing in the working arrangements across companies at the moment? Um, So I think with the majority of my clients where they have been able to, they've introduced some sort of element of hybrid working um, during and after COVID. Um, Well, can we say it's after yet? It probably isn't really, is it? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's not always, it's not going to be possible to do every job from home. You can't pick and pack in a warehouse from your living room. But most, certainly an element of most jobs can be done remotely. And I think the bulk of the small businesses that I work with have recognised that people have been anxious about coming into work and anxious about the risks that that poses and have tried to facilitate some element of of remote working. Um, Where they can't do that, and and this is a conversation I I have fairly regularly as well, is it's important to remember that remote working or hybrid working isn't the only flexible working option you have. You know, there's, there's... you could change your working hours, you can do job shares, you can do flexi time, you can, there's, there's a whole host of options out there. Um, so I guess part of the conversation as well has been about, okay, well, let's not fo- just fixate on that. If you have part of your workforce that you can offer hybrid working to, what, what can you do for the people that you can't offer that to? Is there something else that you can make available to them? Yeah, because I guess it's about people feeling, the big problem is going to be about people feeling like they're being treated fairly. Yeah, and I think it's, it's really sort of polarised, again, if I stick with the distribution example, um, you know, it's really polarised some of the us and them situations that you can see in that kind of company. I think that that's always existed. Um, you know, I've worked for a company with a distribution function before and there was definitely a bit like, oh yeah, those the, the people over there in the head office, they do whatever, whatever they want and we work shifts and... Um, and obviously that's not something you want to encourage it's not an, an environment that you want um, but you know where you've got something like Covid where people are thinking well do you know what by, by asking me to leave the house and come into work you're asking me to put myself and my family at risk it brings in a whole other element to that conversation and, and you know, it, it really does put the onus on, on businesses and employers to think about well how are we going to manage that how are we going to make people feel secure yeah, I mean, what we're speaking about today, you know, is the ups and downs of remote working. And there are obviously many positives to remote working, both for the companies and the people. But I guess, I mean, what, what I've seen as well, Catherine, is different levels of anxieties. And I think, you know, anxiety, and I think we've got to be mindful of the fact that um, people have their own unique sort of take on this and their own unique level of anxiety about what's acceptable to them and as you say it, you know what's acceptable to their families as well and yeah and you know we don't always know exactly what's going on in somebody's personal life um, and they could have family members at home or that they see regularly or care for who have conditions that put them at a higher risk which then is going to increase their anxiety about about exposing themselves to a potential risk as well um, 
I think something I always have to be mindful of is that you know I'm used to working from home and I've got my nice office set up with my desk and I've got everything I need um, and I sort of assume that anybody working from home is set up in the same way but I know from talking to some of my clients particularly those based in London where they've got quite a young team when they were told work from home they were sort of working from a bed sit and spending 24 hours a day seven days a week in the same room um, with none of those boundaries between work and home that you get when you have to leave the, the leave your house and go and work in a different set of premises and none of the social interaction that comes with that um, so you know there's absolutely ups and downs to it um, I mean one of the obviously we're all used to talking on zoom and teams and, and you know all of the different video communication methods we've had to get used to when you bear in mind the amount of communication that's non-verbal when you can only see someone from the shoulders up you lose so much of that yeah and right. so much of the little cues that if you were sat next to somebody or you saw them come into the office you would think there's something not quite right with them today yeah yeah and you would then have that conversation to say oh, you know, are you okay what's going on and you would offer that support but when you can't see them or you can only see a bit of them it's got to be something really in your face and obvious for you to say well you don't look great today you know is everything all right and and to volunteer that conversation so again, I think managers and employers or leaders whatever we want to call them have had to be much much more aware and much more on it in terms of sort of picking up on those little cues from people wherever they possibly can yeah and for me I think it's about leaders and managers making sure they're having time with people and probably having more open dialogue checking in with people because as you say I think the things that you would normally read in an office you've then got to find a way of actually tapping into that and yes. just checking if people are okay I guess and, yeah. and those kind of things and it was interesting you know your points about people's different living arrangements and mm -hmm. um, are you are you seeing or are you imagining there are going to be sort of difficulties around health and safety issues with people working from home and these yeah, kind of things yeah potentially um, um, yeah absolutely because being forced to do it at the start of a pandemic being told you know by the government everyone has to work from home and adopting hybrid working as a long-term strategy are two entirely different things yeah um and if you do want your people to work from home on a longer term basis then you should be checking to make sure that they are set up properly and that they have the right facilities to work from uh, and with um down to the, you know, educating them about how to make sure that their workspace is set up properly and safely and that they're storing information in the right way um and i know clients some of my clients have been a bit reluctant to do that and sort of said well you know what does that mean i have to buy them a desk and buy them a chair and you know what what do i need to be doing um and it could mean that it could mean that you have to help them with some furniture or allow them to take the furniture that they had in the office home or help them get it there um, and I always just think, well, do you know what? Buy, buying somebody an office chair to have in their house is a lot cheaper than a personal injury claim because somebody's hurt their back from trying to work on their bed. Yeah, totally. So, and, and you know, if you and if they if you have an employer that hasn't sort of sat with people and said, let's go through a risk assessment, let's do those health and safety checks, even if it is remotely, even if it is giving someone instructions that they can follow themselves, and they haven't mitigated that risk, and someone then hurts themselves, they're liable for it. Yeah. And are you, are you seeing a lot of companies putting together sort of hybrid working policy and is that something that people are doing yet or should they be doing um, that? If I think if they've, if they've decided they want people working from home in the longer term, then yes, they should yeah. be putting some structure around that. Um, I mean, you know me, Tony, you know I'm not a huge fan of policies <laughs> and, 
Um, not unless they're absolutely necessary. But if it is going to be part of the company's way of life, then yes, putting some structure around that is important. Um, and it, you know, it's not just about the kind of the physical environment. It's about thinking about things like loan working, about thinking about how are you going to manage the interaction between home and work um, to make sure you're not interrupted during the course of your working day, and so that you can get that rest and downtime. Because that's certainly one of the trends that we've seen is that people have worked. I guess it's presenteeism in a different way. Okay. Um, you know, people have worked much longer hours when they've been working from home because yeah. there's been partly well I'm at home and it's locked down so there's nothing else to do yeah um, <laughs> and also partly well I want to prove to my company that I am working and that they can trust me and that you know I'm still doing my job even though they can't see me um I mean, my message to clients would always be you know you've got to trust that your people are doing the right thing um unless you have a reason to believe not to um but it's it's a leap you know I did, it is, and I think it's probably what I've seen as well is, I think it makes or pushes companies to be more results and outcome orientated. So the looks people are doing what they are, uh, what's asked of them, how they do it in a way is, is sort of left a little bit more to them. I know not completely, <laughs> um, but I guess it, that that's the way the remote working will lead us more. I think it will become yeah. more outcome and results focused. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean. I would have said that should have been happening anyway. The focus should be on what you know. What are you doing? What are you achieving? Rather than when are you doing it and where are you doing it? Um, that shouldn't really matter as long as the job's getting done. Yeah. Um, again, it's very you know for me it's much very much about looking at the individual role and the person doing it and saying okay well what's going to work best for them? What's going to help them get those best results? Yeah. Um, and there will always, you know, some roles do carry a time element. You know, if customers are expecting you to be available, then you can't say, "Well, I'm, I work best at eleven o'clock at night." Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you need to be available when they want you. Yeah. Um, so it's about kind of balancing all of those things. There's, I mean, there's lots of moving parts. It's not an easy one to do. Um, and I, where I've seen it get really challenging is where a company has sort of said, "Right, well, this is what we want. This is how it's going to happen." without talking to people first yeah absolutely um, so um, dictating it almost yeah yeah because okay. yeah. there's you know managing expectations and setting out you know ultimately it's always up to the company to say this is how we think we need things to work but sort of mandating that versus involving people in the conversation and saying look this is what we've got in mind how do you feel about that do you think that'll work are there any challenges you can see with that um how is that going to suit you individually um and just being open to having the conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm sure my clients are completely sick of me saying, but you can always have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good catch-all phrase, yes. isn't it? Yeah, it might be a horrible, difficult conversation, but you can always have a conversation. No, it's true. Um, mm-hmm. And that's so important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, are you seeing uh, are you seeing, seeing issues where people are resisting going back into the office, in, in, even if that's not permanently? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I can vividly remember after the first lockdown, um, talking to one client who'd been really excited about their premises reopening um, and was expecting their team to be kind of completely on board with that and, and delighted to be back. And within their first three days, they had like four resignations. Oh, blimey, okay. Um, and they were absolutely devastated. Yeah. Um, and it was for all sorts of reasons. I think that you know, people had had that period of time to really assess what was important to them. They'd got used to a different way of life. 
Um, and then when it came to, well, let's just go back to how it was before, they just didn't want to do it. Yeah, no, okay. Um, everybody, you know, everyone's different, as we know. We've got extroverts, ambiverts, introverts, etc. <laughs> um, you know, I like being out and about interacting with people. My husband, who's sat downstairs at the kitchen table, would quite happily never leave the house and never talk to anybody <laughs> be in person if he didn't have to. Um, and so for some people they you know they absolutely just, just didn't want to go back to work i think where i saw the real resistance and digging the heels in there was usually something more behind the scenes okay um there were usually some health related reasons or okay, yeah. deeper concerns or anxieties around yeah. um going back out into society yeah, yeah um and all you can do as an employer is is do your best to reasonably manage those um, yeah i was going to ask you that i was going to ask you about how leaders and companies i guess and deal with it where they're struggling to get people to come back into the office even if it's i say not full-time but i know some of the companies that i work with they maybe have one day or two days or three days in the office per week how can leaders and companies handle it best then Catherine? um i mean i think it kind of goes back to what i was saying before around you know have an idea of what you want yeah have that conversation with everybody about how you think it'll work um, and then be prepared to allow some individual flexibility. Um, I mean, that it's not an easy thing to do because then you have to you circle back around to fairness and consistency. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you do have somebody that you're doing, you're coming up with something special or, or different for, then you need to be comfortable that you know if somebody really challenged me on that and said why are they getting that and I'm not, yeah. that you can justify why your decision was reasonable. Um, I think this is sometimes where getting further expert advice is helpful. So if you do have somebody who's expressing health concerns, you know, I'm not a medical expert. Most of my clients aren't medical experts, but there's loads of occupational health advisors out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, get a report, understand what their recommendations might be. They're always advisory, but it'll, it might give you some ideas that you haven't considered before about what you can do. Um, and it is really important that the word reasonable is really important here because what's expected of a small business and the typical kind of business that I would work with by way of reasonable adjustment is very different to what would be expected of a large corporate okay. in yeah, terms yeah. of the level of resource and flexibility that they, they're um, required to have available to deal with that. Yeah, get okay, yeah. um, you. Know, you're not required to all of a sudden have a new building or more walls within your building so that people don't have to sit next to each other um, or you know, be able to make your building bigger to create more square footage. You know, some stuff just isn't, it, it wouldn't ever be reasonably expected. So it's kind of bearing in mind that do as much as you can, um, but there's gonna be limits to that. Um, and if it gets to the point where you've had that conversation and you've made suggestions and you can't come to an agreement that works for both parties, that's that's okay. You know, that if you've as long as you've done your best. Yeah. Um, if you get to that point then it's okay look we can't make it work um that's where you bring somebody like you in yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> no but i think that's 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 an important thing i think you know as you said using the experts occupational health hr whatever it might be because i think companies going it alone with some of this they could end up in some quite difficult situations mm -hmm. um, really without you know, I think it's just accepting that they don't have that expertise and, and making sure things are done properly. I like the way you talked about the word reasonable as well, <laughs> and that it can be applied in so many different ways, yeah. really. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the dangers with remote and hybrid working? 
Um, I think it is a lack of knowledge on the individual's part about how to work safely yeah. from home. So I think some of it does come back to that, that health and safety angle. I can remember, I think, fairly well into the summer of the first lockdown because we had some obviously we had some lovely weather didn't we we did um and somebody one of my linkedin contacts had posted a picture of him working in his garden in his hammock and he was like oh this is amazing and my company lets me do that you know and and it was like okay that looks lovely you know it's a great picture for social media <laughs> but all i can think about is oh my god your neck <laughs> <laughs> you're back yeah you're, you're really <laughs> gonna hurt yourself please tell me you didn't do that for very long um so yeah there's there's the safety aspect to it um the social aspect absolutely um you know we are social animals we do need that interaction with other people um and need those relationships and i know there's an awful lot of people who have started new jobs yeah in the last two years and have never met their boss in person yeah been into the company premises i've seen Um, this as well yeah. yeah and i think you do build relationships with people in a different way when you're when you're face to face. It's yeah, just yeah. just it's just a fact. Um, so there is that sort of getting to know people, the social aspect to it, um, and then missing those little things that you would spot if you if you were with somebody in person that would be a, a flag to say, okay, something's not quite right here. Yeah. So I guess the risk there is the potential for something to tick along in the background and, and for businesses and, and leaders not to be aware of it until it's a massive burning issue and miss out on that opportunity to take proactive steps to, to help and support somebody. Yeah. Um, I must admit, well, I mean, I'd be encouraging um, business owners, managers, leaders to push themselves to have more one-to-one time with their people mm-hmm. just to check in and also have their senses really heightened in team meetings I mean I've been I've sat in on some team meetings and you even though you don't have the normal cues you can still pick things up mm-hmm. and, and I think don't let that slide yeah I mean because I think you know we're talking about the, the dangers um, of remote working and, and we've been talking about ups and downs this is definitely looking at the downside mm-hmm. But I, for me, Catherine, as well, I think we don't know the long-term effects of mm. this either. I think even though people might believe, and, and as you were saying, like people who are more introverted as well might think that, oh, this is great, no commuting anymore, just dry, you know, drop out of bed and, get, mm-hmm. and then get on with our working day. But I don't think we know uh, about the longer-term sort of impact yeah. of working like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it, it's just something we've got to sort of step through and see how it plays out, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, an interesting debate I've seen pop up on social media a couple of times is um, should pay re- pay be reduced Ooh, because people okay. are working from home because you're not spending as much on the commute and um, business dress and lunches and coffees and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, again, for me, I come back to it should be about the results that you produce, yeah, yeah. not where you're doing it. Um, and on the other side, there's massive cost savings for businesses to be gained by not having as many people on premises. Yeah, you could and you're not having to heat up offices and yeah, light offices. Yeah, you could potentially rent less space. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Heating, well, lighting, that, that's a contentious furniture. One, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that really um, is though. You know, because funnily enough, I've been having the flip side argument, sort of uh, saying to people, you know, well, well you're at home now and uh, although you're not paying for your commute you're having to have your radiators mm-hmm. on all day yeah. you're having your lights on all day and all that kind of thing and cooking from home or whatever yeah, using your definitely. broadband yeah well that mm-hmm. yeah all of that yeah mm-hmm. so um 
Yeah, that's an interesting one, really. What are you finding with companies? You've sent me off at a tangent now. <laughs> um, what are you finding with, with companies in terms of are they doing anything about the broadband setup in people's homes and sorting that out for them and the cyber security side of things? Yeah, I mean, I think on the cyber security side, most people have taken, where, where they've been remote working, they've taken a work laptop home. Yeah. Um, so there's still been that level of IT support yeah. and they've had some assistance in terms of getting set up. Um, if they've, if, if, I'd, if I've had a conversation with a client where they've said, I want to have a home working agreement or I want to build a home working agreement into a contract, part of that will be who pays for the cost, you know, who pays for the, the running costs of being at home, yeah. um, who provides the equipment. Um, if the individual's using their own equipment, are you going to are you going to do some sort of bring your own device allowance, which um, recognises the cost of paying for a phone contract or buying a laptop, yep. um, and the depreciation that goes alongside with that. Um, so where it has become a you know let's make this part of our arrangement, then yeah, I, I you know I would absolutely ask clients those questions and say okay, well you know you should be talking to people about how are they going to pay. You know, how are you going to pay for this? Um, and there's a, you know, I think it's a six, something like six pound a day you can reclaim from HMRC if you're working from home. Yes, there is a home workers allowance yeah, that you can yeah, come yeah. claim, and it's you know dead easy to do on the HMRC website. The individual can do it themselves, um, and you know every little helps. It might only be six pound, but if it's yeah. something towards the bills for the days that you're at home, then then great. So there you go. If nothing else from this podcast uh, interview, <laughs> those people working, working from home <laughs> may well have saved six pounds. That's been worthwhile, if nothing else, I think, Catherine. Yeah. I was going to ask you uh, how companies can mitigate for some of these sort of dangers and problems of remote working. And you've sort of touched on those, but is there anything we've not covered there that you would talk about in terms of what companies can do to be mindful you know you've talked about some of the issues around the social side of things um, individual safety those kind of things i mean is there anything that either you're seeing or you think companies should be mindful of in terms of how they can mitigate some of the downsides of people working remotely and i think setting work? some clear trial periods if if you no know, if a company has now said okay we are going to we're going to a hybrid working model yeah you know run it as a pilot to start with, you know, set set three months, six months, whatever they think is a reasonable period. I mean, I'd probably lean towards three rather than six. Um, and during that time, make sure you've got regular check-ins to say, you know, yeah. how is it working? Are there any challenges? Are there any issues? What can we help you with? Um, because then you can address those through the trial. And then by the time you say, yes, this is now a formal change, um, you've got, again, the company's in control of that. They've got more structure around it. What you're not risking is things creeping in by custom and practice yeah and becoming an implied term just because somebody will say well but i've been doing that for the last eight months i thought it was yeah. fine you've never asked me about it previously yeah 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 um good so if you manage that conversation and and you know get that feedback then you can make sure that it works in a way that that suits both parties um rather than running the risk of things just getting established because nobody's talked about it yeah no i, I like that and one of the companies that i work with I think who are doing it well. Um, they say I've gone pretty much uh, one, pretty much one at night, nine percent remote. They are having three month reviews, mm -hmm. so I think everyone's clear. This isn't forever. Um, we're going to review it in three months, and we'll decide what we're doing again. And, yeah. and I think, as you say, as well, take a temperature check, get some feedback at those points as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that is really good advice because I think um, that just means that there's no acceptance 
of this being a long-term thing or certain ways of things happening being long-term mm-hmm. we are on a three month by three month basis at yeah. the minute and as you were sort of joking about earlier you know we talk about being out of lockdowns being moving out of covid we're back very much into problems with covid with the late variants at the moment and possible lockdowns and so mm-hmm. this could carry on for quite some time and I, yeah. I i think your advice there about checking points and keeping reviewing it is yeah. um and until no, we are out yeah, of it there's no sort of set time scale that says you know you that three months is the right thing or you know it might be more often than it might be less often yeah. um i mean the one sort of slight caveat i would put around sort of a, a pilot for hybrid working in general would be when we think about the individuals within that um and this is based on sort of a, a conversation I've had with a client recently. Was you know you you may very well have individuals within that group who have specific responsibilities that need to be addressed outside a general pilot. Okay. Um, so say for example you've got a mum returning to the workplace after maternity yeah, yeah. leave and she's saying, oh well I want to work remotely two days a week as part of a flexible working request because it means I'm near a nursery for pick up and drop off yeah, yeah. time. Um, don't just say well we can't do that as part of a flexible working request because we're already doing this pilot. Yeah, so it's not a one-size-fits-all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, She has specific caring responsibilities. Obviously, things are moving on, but the fact remains that childcare does typically still fall more to women than men. So by taking a blanket approach and saying, but we've got the the pilot, it's fine, you can just do it under that, (laughs) you are potentially running the risk of an indirect gender discrimination claim there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that I think that's where you think how if you've got someone who's really digging their heels in, take the time to understand why. Yeah, no, okay. And think about what the implications of that are. Yeah. Because um, if you're running a trial generally, there's no reason why you couldn't say you know, to stick with that example to say right, well, we're doing it as a pilot, so we can't make it a formal change to your terms and conditions. But tell you what, we'll run it as a three month trial, a three month yeah. flexible working trial, and if that works, then at the end of that, we might make it part of your conditions. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to commit to it from the off. Yeah. Um, it's all, you, know, you can always do a trial. Yeah, no, brilliant. Okay, so um, a question for you then. Yeah. Um, and don't worry, you know, it's just your personal view here and <laughs> I won't hold you to it. You might change your mind in a few months' time. Mm-hmm. What do you think, sort of observing this at the moment, what do you think the best model is? What, what If you, you know, just from your own perspective, your own personal choice, what do you think the best model is for businesses? Um, I mean, from personal choice and preference for me, it would be to have some element of, you know, interaction on premises as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I love working from home. I love the flexibility that that brings. Yes, there are absolutely days I work in my pajamas. Um, <laughs> She's out of her pajamas um, yeah, today. No, I hate to do it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah um, but at the same time, I, I I really do I really did miss going to see my clients in person and going to networking meetings and spending time with other small business owners and you know the natural conversations and group conversations that come up in that environment that with the best will in the world will in the world cannot happen on zoom or teams um and i think we need that i think most people need that to varying degrees obviously we're all individuals yeah yeah um I think it goes some way to avoiding the kind of the real us and them between well that you know you've got your home working brigade and your well we have to be on site groups so it, 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 it avoids or limits some of that yeah um 
And then I guess there's broader economic impl implications around if nobody ever leaves their house, well, how do we, what about you know, our, our other small businesses, high street shops, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a lot to consider, but yeah, some, a, a mix is definitely what I would go for individually. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think we're seeing that that is what most companies want. So I think the, there's, I guess it's like any bell curve, isn't it? You've got you've got somebody at the end that have either said, let's go remote and let's never ever come back into the office ever. And I've got, I've and, got clients who've gone that way, yeah. Yeah, and then others who've said, no, Back in you come five days a week, nine till five, or you know, whatever that way. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever their shift pattern is. But you know, the, there's a big group in the middle that have said, "Well, let's do a mix of the two, and let's let's come up with something a bit more flexible." Yeah, you know, it's funny because like when I used to, I used to work at Experian uh, quite a few years ago now. Um, but when I was a manager there, um, I used to probably have uh, every couple of weeks, maybe every week, I'd have half a day at home, and um, because I just felt I was so productive. So I know that's a very, very uh, small sort of hybrid <laughs> setup, but I've always felt um, from that time really that that option to be able to have time out of the office can be really productive. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing, you know, that um, that sometimes people without any distractions they can concentrate on. But I think they, I think in a way it was a it's a tough question to ask because I think it depends on the nature of what people do. You know, if you've got um, a company that's very technology driven, um, you know, digital businesses, then moving completely remote, then all well and good. If you've got factory based companies, that's obviously, you know, not going to work. Yeah. So it's, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I think, yeah, I think your, your response was fair, really. I think um, trying to find some sort of balance that suits the industry that you're in, but actually does allow a little bit of hybrid working, I, I think. Um, there are benefits and um, as we're starting to go into the winter in the UK not having to get, get up and get in a car in the morning and <laughs> defrosting windscreens and, yeah, and all and that sit there with freezing cold toes for the first five <laughs> minutes until your heaters warm up and all yeah. that yeah. so one final question um, really fascinating stuff today yeah. and I think um, the more we talk the more I see the subtlety and the complexity <laughs> in all of this and more it makes me think that companies definitely need to be speaking to experts like yourself Catherine before um, going down dangerous paths but um, <laughs> what do you think the future looks like if you had a crystal ball and don't worry I won't hold you to this I won't come back in sort of 10 years 5-10 years but if you were to look 5-10 years in the future what do you think it's going to look like what do you think working you know the working experience will look like I guess particularly in the UK you know but um, I mean I think I, I do think hybrid is a trend that will continue I think we'll see more and more use of technology um, again it's you get both sides of the debate don't you? you get kind of people who are really vocal about well we should be following the sort of Scandi model of going to four days a week and then there's yeah. Portugal that recently have said you know no contact with people outside of working hours and god yeah that was we could um, talk a whole episode on that one yeah <laughs> Um, and actually, I don't. I don't know that people necessarily want that level of mandate around their working life. I think for me, the future is about people being able to work in the ways and at the times that suit them best to achieve those results that they need to achieve. Um, I mean, home work. You know, it's not new. Remote working is not new. It's it's you know, it's been around for a long time. It's been long around for long before COVID. I guess this is just kind of accelerated and, and forced businesses to that just didn't want to do it um, to consider it and to get their heads around it. Um, there's huge pluses around 
equality, um, you know, gender pay equality and things like that, and uh, that come with flexible working. So it's yeah. definitely a trend I'd like to see continue from that aspect. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we've seen quite clearly that you know now people now individuals have got used to working with more flexibility. They don't want to go back to a nine to five. Um, for all sorts of reasons. I mean, I, I did have a client ring me and said, uh, one of my employees has told me they can't come back into work full time because they've bought a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do about that? And I said, hmm, interesting. Yeah, there have um, been a lot of more dogs bought, I think, the last 18 or 22 years. Yeah, so. yeah, or dogs in the office is a whole separate subject. Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, won't, we could go off a tangent so yes, we could take this uh, podcast episode into yeah. two or three hours, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, I think we're probably right. I think we're on a trend that, um, or on a path that probably is irreversible. Uh, I guess it's just going to be interesting how we deal with some of the complexities. Like the, you, you know, you mentioned about the um, Scandinavian four-day model, the Portuguese not contacting at the weekend. I think there are a few minefields for companies to and society to step through, I guess, yeah. um, and come up with the, the best solution that they can I, you know whether it's legislation within a within a country or which I, I imagine you're fairly resistant to um, <laughs> or or companies sort of making um, the best and, and I think one of the most important things I think people should take away from today as well is engage your people in the process talk to people you know yeah have yeah. discussions about have a conversation you, you know, know give teach them how to set boundaries yeah, um, and it was something I had to learn definitely um, when I when I started my business. Um, you know, for a very long time, I never said to my clients, "Oh, I don't work. I don't work on a Monday," because um, I was worried that if I told them I didn't work on a Monday, they wouldn't want to work with yeah, me. Yeah, okay. But then it meant that Monday, which was supposed to be my day with my little boy, I always had half an eye on my phone, half an okay, eye on the emails yeah, to see yeah, whether that yeah. was coming in. I felt guilty for not giving him my full attention, and I also felt guilty that if I missed anything from a client. And you know, it took me a good couple of years to be able to feel like I was able to say, you know, Monday's my non-working day. Yeah. You know, call me if it's really urgent. Otherwise, I'll get back to you tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and there's very few things that can't wait 24 hours um, for a response. So, yeah, I think there's that. You know, recognizing that that's even little things like that challenges that aren't immediately obvious. It's not about does somebody have a health problem. It's just about a different way of working. Yeah that you haven't been used to um, and you know, teaching people to say okay well actually do you know what at 6 o'clock at night I'm shutting my computer down I'm turning my phone off I'm not available I need that time with my family Yeah. Um, or for other people if they, they want to then you know, if they want to finish early and then work later in the evening you know, as long as that's going to work for them their job their company um, yeah it is all just you know, it's about facilitating, facilitating that conversation yeah um and then giving people the support they need to work within the solution that you've agreed to. Yeah. That nice. makes it sound very easy, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of this is particularly easy. Hey, well, anyway, no, it's been brilliant. I said we could talk for, for a lot longer. And um, I, before we do finish, actually, because it may well be people listening to this might um, think they would benefit from having a conversation with you, Catherine, and getting your support on some of this. So mm-hmm. before we finish then, how can people find you most easily if they wanted to contact you? Um, so really easy to find me on LinkedIn. Um, so you know, it's Catherine Rogers or K Rogers HR if you want to search for my profile that way. I'm always happy to connect and have a chat. Um, on the Facebook, if you go to the Face to Face HR website, so 
website addresses you would expect um, and go to the, the our consultants tab um, you'll see me listed there um, or always happy for people just to drop me an email or give me a ring um, and have a chat that way yeah so um, just just to help people with that then um, the uh, Catherine is Catherine K-A-T-H-R-Y-N yep. and Rogers R-O-D-G-E-R-S if you're yep. trying to find Catherine awkward on... Catherine and awkward Rogers yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Catherine.Rogers at face2face hr.com yep. if you want to contact her if you go to the face2face hr website she said it's on the our consultants tab and you're on Instagram as well yes I yeah believe. so face to face HR underscore Nottingham yeah uh, on Instagram um, love Instagram don't really know what I'm doing on it I've got somebody who helps me with that so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay superb well you know thanks again hugely for sparing your valuable time today Catherine it's been uh, really interesting to pick your brains and talk through some of the challenges that we are facing ongoing energy so we're, we're on a path now where we'll never go back to where we were completely two years ago so um a lot of these challenges need to be picked through and resolved and um, hopefully just a little a few pointers today and i say people have got your contact details if they'd like to explore that in yeah. more detail yeah, so brilliant. thank you very much again for your time thanks very much tony it's been a pleasure if you want to explore your leadership mindset in more detail why not complete our free leadership diagnostic at thetonybrooks.com and subscribe to this podcast to join us for future podcasts.